You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagask's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Welcome to today's Let's Talk Dairy. I, I'm replacing James Dunn today, who's unavailable, um, who will be back in the hot seat next week. So my own name is Patrick Going, and we're joined today by Eugene Lawler, um, who's just going to go through a few bits and pieces from the spring and the plans over the next month or two. So Eugene, just where are you farming yourself or um, maybe a bit of a background? Yeah, we're, you farming in, we're farming in South Kildare. Who, are you farming on your own or your son is with you, Eugene, isn't it? Everyone gets dragged in at the, when they're needed, especially on calving time or if something else is going on. But usually it's, it's myself and own. Yeah. Lovely. And how big is the farm or how, uh, the hectare size of the milking platform? Or, uh, we, we, how? we have 48 hectares on the grazing platform and we have another 20 hectares then that, that's an outblock that we use for for three foot of silage and maybe a bit of zero grazing, depending on the growth of the year. Lovely. And uh, how many cows currently are you uh, milking, Eugene? Well, we have 150 at the moment. Uh, last year was one, it was 142. Uh, we carried a few extra and a couple of heifers, but they'll all be going in the next few. Um, Patrick, we, we'll get back to it down to a figure of somewhere between 140 and 145. You know, a couple of cows get shook over the winter. Maybe something goes wrong with a heifer or whatever. So we, we just straighten them out and sell them. We, we won't be carrying them uh, to, on the farm like we we'll, Try it. We have a problem here with with with, with uh, a dry farm, so we try and make bales instead of carrying them particular cows. Lovely stuff. And just uh, from I suppose, how are you getting on at the moment? Um, and then I'll bring in John Douglas there in a second, just with the current situation. But uh, how are you getting on yourself in the last week or that with the way the weather is, and or how how are things faring out? Plenty of tea and drink. Sure, look, it was a challenge, like. February, February was a dream, and and, and March was, was was okay too. In fairness, most of it, we missed very few days. The, the cows were out. I think we only missed we only missed a couple of days. So um, and look, there was a bit of on on off grazing as well when it was needed and silage in the diet, but that was all gone until yesterday. And look, we'll be back out again today. So you just had to house them yesterday or just yesterday, and they'll be back again. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be back out again today. Uh, you know. Uh- Important God at this time of the year to, to keep grass in the day. The winter is long enough. Like you look at some other lads and they're talking about having after having a, a six month winter and should we have cows out until until early December and they're out now again and we've no fear of leaving them out, but the reality has to into the situation every now and again too. Lovely. And uh, um are you you start into your second round now or are you far into it? Yeah, no, we start our second round about a week ago, it was, it was the best year we've had this year from sticking to the plan and the plan working out and whether or not, not, whether or not messing us up. Uh, we had one paddock left over from round one, uh, about 10 days or whatever. It got. Remember last Sunday week, Saturday and Sunday week when it got off the wet and it was a paddock that was heavy. So we, we didn't let them out. We went into into a, one paddock for, for, for the start of round two. As soon as we drive, we went back in and mopped that one back out. So... It's probably been the best year from the point of view of sticking to the plan so far. Just how are the cows going from a milking point of view there at the moment? Like so, uh, probably uh, again. And EBI is coming through now. We, we focused on it for from after our first year and realized what's important. You know how important it was in our situation here. They're doing twenty seven point three seven liters uh, at, at the moment. They're doing a butter fat of four point six one and protein of, of three point four seven. Our, our cell count is, is, is 48 at the moment. We've been able to keep that fairly well under control as well. 
and the lactose is 4.86 and they are on four kilos a meal two morning and, and two in the evening as well but we're, we're very happy and uh, when the weather was looking to be bad and in the last few days, we went into paddocks that made a bit of a mess out last year, clover paddocks, and we got caught with wet weather, and then they got too strong. So instead of that happening this year, we went in when they were a bit lighter. Uh, but at the same time, we got them grazed out perfectly, and it's shown in the cows and shown in the milk and in the protein in the milk. That ground, we received that a couple of years ago. Uh, we missed out. In, we were going to do it in 20, and we didn't do it because of the drought. So we did it in 21. It established in 21. Uh, it gave us a great hit of grass last year. Um, look, you have to learn how to manage it slightly different. When we learned a few lessons last May, we made a couple of mistakes last May, which we didn't make this year so far. <laughs> Probably happened sometime. But... It's, not, it's not me yet, Eugene. So you have time to make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That won't happen this year. Something else will happen. That one won't happen. I, th- I think I think you skipped over the the cell counter very quick at forty six. That's excellent, uh, considering the wet conditions. Are you do not in, in uh, eighty eight. The cell count is eighty eight. Eighty eight. Sorry, still not so bad either. Are, are you doing that in particular to maintain that, or um, how, what do you put that success down to? Um, really, I suppose we we would call some of the high cell count cows, and you know that's how we're part of what we're managing our our numbers there. You know what I mean with with the milk car and how, how we pull out anything that has been in a bit of bother over the winter. Eugene, you've probably seen that in a lot in the past, like that it goes from zero to hero yeah. all of a shot. Well, that, well that's, what, that's what I was saying to me ago for John to me, like that's what, that's what caused in the clover paddocks last year. So I, I would be very focused on going into them paddocks at a lighter cover, keeping an eye on the weather forecast all, all the time. And, and if I think it's not right, the paddocks like that, we just go in and take them out earlier because the lesson last year was we didn't win in time. Yeah, and just and, uh, and a bit heavy covers on it. Just on from a fertilizer point of view, uh, Eugene, how how what way, what way are you going? We'll we'll take the uh, grazing platform first. What have you done so far, and what's the plan for the next round? Yeah, well, we we've had had two sp- spreads so far, and there's been twenty eight units has went out twice. So we'll we'll start to follow the paddocks now next. And um, we have some fertilizer still left here uh, from the end, tail end of last year. And when that's gone, then we'll still go. We spread urea, uh, we spread protected urea with sulfur. And you, you, uh, the farm has all got two and a half thousand gallons of, of slurry uh, as well. The, the silage ground has been something similar. It's got two and a half thousand gallons of slurry, two bags of 0730, and two bags of urea. Uh, that all went out in the last week or 10 days. Very good. And uh, you, you, you're. Uh, um... You see, if you're full split of nitrogen or on out for the silage ground, so that's good. And when would you normally hope to cut the silage, Eugene? Around the 20th of May. Um, we were maybe a, five or six days later, 24th or 6th uh, of May, but we're going to try and get in a week earlier because of drought and, and see if we can get enough covering for the second cut of silage because hopefully if we got caught there that there wasn't enough cover before the dryness came and we feel if we had a bit of grass there that you know we keep the ground and, and keep a bit more moisture. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um I just said the the the, the spring is obviously the calving season you're, you're finished calving you do you know yeah yeah we started calving we were supposed to start calving we aired in 25th of April last year. We should have started calving on the 3rd of February. We started around the 24th or 2nd of January. There was definitely 
10 days early. We finished calving on the 27th of March. We had over 90% calf in the six-week period, but it, it was it's heavy going for six weeks now, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And uh, heavy going and, and, you know, trying to deal with calf going as well. And, anyway, so for now for another year. And uh, how did you get on with the surplus cows? I know this year you, 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 you uh, or did you do anything different for to, from the breeding? Well, like, well, we had no surplus heifers. <laughs> so we, we just had enough heifers and, and we used uh, sex semen last year. So we just had enough, we had one heifer left over and, and Owen sold it to a friend of his who's going dairy next year. He would have liked to keep it because it was a good cow and, and that's, she was, she was AI later uh, with a, Parisian straw. And yeah, long story short, we had enough. Uh, we used a Hereford bull mostly uh, last year and we sold them, a lot of them we sold them at home uh, around summer between 150 and 200 euros at, at a couple of weeks of age. Uh, trying to keep them moving. There was a few days, bits and pieces, stragglers went to the mart, a uh, few Frisian bulls out of cows that we used to semen on the heifers, we used conventional straws on, on, on the Frisian cows, and them Frisian bulls went to the mart and they went anywhere from 25 to 75 euros. And uh, for the upcoming breeding season, uh, Eugene, are you doing anything different or uh, is it the plan to stick to same or? Well, something similar, uh, Patrick. We're, we're still going to go with sex semen on, on, on the heifers. We'll use conventional straws on some of the Frisian cows, uh, some of the better Frisian cows, and then we will, we've will. we already selected uh, two Angus bulls. I think the codes is 4088 and 4089. I, I think that's what the code I was looking up. And they are two Angus bulls that have a high a high DBI, a better carcass weight. So... That's where we're going to go with them. And they have a shorter lactation than, or sorry, gestation lactation, like a shorter gestation than, than the Hereford as well, which maybe is a little bit easier on the cow. So that's. And when you. Not, no major changes. We're going to go with the same day, Patrick. I, I, well. Yeah, sorry. Uh, when you say you're you're uh, putting sex on the heifers, are you doing a sync protocol there or what are you doing? Or... Yeah, the prison are going in. They're, they're synchronized. Last year, um, the heifers were were, were out on on the bank. Hold them them in the morning at, at eight o'clock, and that's a tough man. When they were, we had a great hit with the heifers. <laughs> we had a great hit with the heifers. I have to say, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we want one of the go drinking on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> great hit with the heifers. Um, uh, you know, the calves all was slapped. There's a lot of a lot of heifer calves born. Which, which was good from from our point of view as well. So. Very good. Uh, what, do, you, do you remember the 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 the, the conception rate or um, to the things? Was it over fifty percent or? It was over sixty. Very good. Percent, uh, Patrick. Tell you the truth, uh, like it's a serious hit with them. But the heifers were all the heifers were were done with a heifer rare and and they were extremely good. Individuals who, who were earning them, and they were, they were, their lightweight gains were above what like they were above the targets. They were, the heifers were very well done. They weren't they weren't fat heifers. They were, they were, there was a, a lot of attention paid to them. They were good sized heifers. They were good grotty heifers. They were quite good lambs when when they came back to us here. Um, easy to manage on the farm. They, we trained them uh, in the parlour during the dry drying off period and. It was the easiest year we've ever had with them, and we're credit to the people around now, I have to say. Excellent. 
Um, it makes an awful difference when I, th- I think just for it, sometimes there's the sync protocols on heifers and a lot of people are looking at sex semen this year. Um, if the heifer isn't right, um, putting in cedars and a sink protocol on sex semen is not the answer. No. The trick is to have the heifer right. Yeah, and 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 that's where you know we on the farm here all we have and look it's the simple system we use we just milk the cows and that's it the, the heifer calves go to the heifer rare the, all the beef calves and bull calves they all just go out of place um and and the people do an excellent job that's very good job on on the heifers and and they're they're ahead of target all the time they wait three or four times everything is done they're all as you said about the sheep dip off and vaccinated everything is done with, with the heifers you know they're all all, all vaccinated properly, and there's a lot of money spent on that now. IBR, BBD, left or salmon, you know, there's a lot of money spent on that. But the proof of the pudding was the number quality. EGI heifer calves that we have no farm to show. So well, that's what the figure is, but I know it's like that's good. Uh, and and yeah, I think you made a very important point there too, Eugene. Like you, you're you're selecting heavily on your cows now. Uh, to you know, you're only putting dairy genetics on good cows rather than every cow um, I think which is also a very important thing going forward to make genetic progress Well I suppose when we started this journey 11 years ago this is our ninth year making the first year we just wanted to get them back in calf and then it became very obvious that you know EBI was the way to go and we just did concentrating and concentrating on it and that was then to get a, a pool of better cows together and we were also driving numbers forward like we started with 82 cows and we ended up at 159 or something and so then it gave us the pool out of which we could really target our replacements and you know we dropped uh, we dropped 10 or 11 percent of, of cows uh last year or sorry the year before last and we dropped the cow numbers but we increased our our uh, solids by 50 kilos of solids, Patrick. Um, that came down to the pure EBI of our cows. And the cows were probably under a certain amount of pressure. Uh, not, you know, the other, how, how would I say this? We got rid of the late calvers, any late calvers, any cell counts, any lame cows, any passengers, which meant there was a bit more flexibility for the cows were in the herd to reach their potential. So we went from 460 kilos about to five. 110 kilos mid size uh, last year. So you dropped uh, from 159 in 2021 to 142, so 17 cows, um, but your performance yeah. went up by 50 kilos. So you, you yeah. actually more or less sold, you sold slightly more milk with less cows? Well, 5,000 litres more milk, yeah. Five. yeah. Um, and what, what, why do you think? Um, we did that 5,000 litres. I'd say the cows weren't reaching their genetic ability, their their EBI, because we were we were just pinching them and we we're also diluting. You know, you were diluting what they were doing by carrying passengers as well. So some of them cows were probably doing four eighty or ninety maybe already, but then you had others doing four hundreds, the, the bottom ten or eleven percent or whatever they were. So it was a little bit of everything, but even getting rid of them cows. It gave us the ability to make bales 
uh, panic bills, uh, you know, to have them last uh, July and August when 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 the pinch came again. That every other year we wouldn't have. Like you look at them, sixteen or seventeen cows, what they would have been eating for May and June, and to have that in bales for for July and August when it was wanted was, was very important. So that meant there was more quality stuff for the cows that had the ability to produce of it. Maybe a bit of luck as well. I don't know. It's all it's all science here. Um, yeah, so it's probably coming back to that. You mentioned you're a very dry farm, and you know you're getting them pinch points. And I suppose if if weather patterns were different or that, and the farm was able to grow more grass, potentially then you mightn't have looked at the rejigging it. But you're probably just trying to match the stocking rate to the potential of the farm to what it can grow, and then have good quality cows on that. That's exactly what what we were trying to achieve on this farm, you know, and every farm is different. So we're trying to 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 want to work on, on our farm. And that's why we 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 go for that calving date of, of around the, the first few days of February. We're trying to reach just maximum milk production at, at maximum grass growth rate to, to peak everything at the one time. And that's that's what we're trying to do here. So like if we cows calving much earlier, which some lads doing the suits their farm and, and they make you know want to feed silage or whatever, but then in our farm here we'd find that cows had peaked before the grass had peaked, and and that's not what we want to try and do. We want to try and keep the silage out of the equation and the meal out of the equation and get as much grass into the system as we can. And now focusing on producing that grass with less fertilizer and trying to get a bit more clover into, into the job as well. So yeah, excellent, excellent. Um and like you, you, we mentioned already, or you said like you grew about um, how much grass did you grow last year? You're in a grass group with John Douglas and John had to tip off there now, but uh, for the last six years. So what did the farm grow last year? Uh, it, what did the farm grow? It grew twelve ton last year, and we had a dry period. Like we missed a couple of rotations in, in July and August. It had the potential to grow between thirteen and fourteen ton. In 21, it grew 13 tonne of grass, uh, and the clover wasn't even coming into the same, same, uh, it was only getting established. And, and we had two and a half paddocks out in 21, to, because we didn't do it in 20, because it was dry in 20 as well. We had two and a half paddocks that were receded in, in, in 21 that, you know, it, it, it didn't come into its prime then for, for another while. So it would have grown more in 21 is what I'm saying. So that says, why did you have two and a half paddocks? Well, it's very simple. We we cut back our amount of paddocks. Uh, um, we used to have a, a 24 hour rotation. Now we have a 26 hour rotation, which means we're only pinching up house twice every three days instead of once every every day every 24 hours. So that's just the way a paddock broke down when the fences were changed. So and. We, we just we still have to pad it and that was it through a strip right up across the rest of it and when it got going down to Clover just took it down and away it went there was no, no big deal nothing, nothing magical about it and have you have you um, you just mentioned Clover there have you much Clover on the farm now or what way are you working on that or we'd have about 20% Clover now on the farm uh, I think that's that's been reseeded and we'll probably try and do another couple of paddocks now this year uh, you know you talk about John Douglas uh Ned was here uh, for, for a good while and then they brought John John Douglas in. Uh, and look, it keeps all keeps all of our arses and gear a little bit and keeps us focused with, with whatever's new or whatever's coming in. 
we'll try and get another couple of paddocks uh, reseeded now this year. Uh, again, we we'll watch the weather and what, what things run. And we did a bit of oversawing as well, which um, uh, I thought that would make a bit of a hands out. Uh, Ned assured us when he was here and John that that we hadn't. Uh, I was skeptical, but it, it came all right. Um, what would it be different with that? I would sow it earlier. Uh, I would have all my ducks lined up in a row better. There's too much of a gap between the time the cows graze and we got the fell in to sow it and we got the slurry on it. So I would try and have all them ducks lined up, you know, much better and much quicker. But the bottom line is, it, it, uh, it, um, it did establish and it's there in the field to be seen now. And you, you did before the webinar started, uh, Eugene, you said that there you had a reduction in chemical nitrogen. Just maybe if you go through that there. Yeah, okay. In, in 21, we used uh, 186 uh, kilos of, of chemical nitrogen, and last year we used 136. That's a reduction of 50 kilos. Uh, we will put some of that down to not have unspread uh, nitrogen in July and August in, in the dry time, and some of it is attributed to clover swords, which we didn't need to spread uh, nitrogen on as the year went on. So, there was a bit of both, probably seven of, of 25 kilos in the dry time and seven of 25 kilos on, on the nitrogen on the clover sward as well. And we're happy to have the clover swords. Um, I don't know if you want a whole farm with clover in it, but it just it, it's a different way of farming and you just have to watch when the clover is growing and we need to strip wire and make sure the cows don't have... We haven't had a problem because we're focused on it. They don't get in to, to gorge on the clover. They go in and they get a strip, first of all, and then we can lift the wire and let them go on to, to do But I, I, I got a great lesson. Pretty Watson retired at, at Christmas there, and he was our uh, our beef advisor for years. And I damaged my leg a good few years ago and was on a farm walking. Kids were small at the time. Christy was able to inform us that you could grow about 20% more grass if you, uh, you know, if you would strip wires and didn't let the, the cattle graze for more than two or three days. And of course, I went down to Glanby. In the way of home and buy reels and strip wires. And I was a red feather with two children were putting up the reels in the strip wires. But we've very see, quickly seen the benefits of, of doing that medicating grass and we've learned since then. Excellent. So Excellent. Just if you've told me that, it just needs to be a bit of different management. Um, look, for everyone, I suppose it is a, a tough time there. Um, it, it is important to focus on grass, particularly where milk prices starting to slide a bit there, and to make sure we have our grass quality going right through on peak milk. Um, so the same thing happens every year when the, the big bang of grass comes and the growth comes. Um, if we're a bit it's a bit slow to react, it can have an impact on our proteins and our performance going forward. So uh, now's the time to be ready for it. Um, I'd like to thank Eugene for coming in. I've been lucky enough to be out in Eugene's farm a few times. Uh, lovely farm and doing a very good job. Always open to a bit of an argument and a bit of a discussion. And uh, I think the... Uh, the, the notion of trying to stock your farm to what the, far, the, the farm can grow um, is very important going forward um, because it'll control your costs and allow your cows to deliver what they potentially deliver. Where sometimes when we, and it can be a small, as in your own, um, Eugene, a small increase above what the farm can grow can have serious impact. So um, it was great to see it working on your farm. And, uh, and if you grow more grass over time, then you can look at putting a few more cows back on it. So with that, I'd like to thank Eugene again and James Dunn will be back in the hot seat next week and we will talk to you again. 
Thanks very much. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.